Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. About out with the old and in with the new. Today, I want to preach a, a topic that might not make sense at the outset, but I think it'll make sense as we go on. I want to speak to you on the topic of not out with the old, but I want to speak to you on the topic of out with the new. Out with the new. Out with the new. Uh, how many of you like new things? Raise your hand if you like new things. Yeah, those of you who are not raising your hands, you're probably on season five of The Office, your eighth viewing of that show. And uh, you just like the same things, you know, the number one at Chick-fil-A all day. That's just you. You just don't like anything to change. Um, I, I, I get it. But for most of the people, people, we like new things, whether it is a new phone or whether it is a new episode of a hopefully new show that you're watching. Seriously, let go of friends. Um, not looking at anybody in particular. <laughs> Shots at our youth pastors. Um, maybe it's a new job or a new car, or maybe a new relationship, right? We like new things because new things are fulfilling and new things are exciting. I know that they're exciting because I just got to see my kids enjoy something new. Just last week, they got the brand new Xbox, Justice and Zane. Yeah, man, the brand new Xbox. And it was very difficult for them to get. As you know, if you've been trying to get it, it's very rare and it's also very expensive. And you know that they've been saving up $600 to buy this new Xbox. Y'all, that's a lot of throwing out the trash. That's a lot of birthday money saved up. All for this uh, video game console. And for three months, they had the money saved since Christmas. They couldn't get it because it wasn't available. And around March, our kids started to have meetings with my, my wife and I. And they said, hey, I think, I think we don't have this Xbox. I don't know why we don't have this Xbox yet, but we feel like we think we want to give all of our money to the new building. We want to put it in the building fund. We want to give it to God. And, uh, and I was like, pray about it. Because <laughs> I'm okay if God disappoints me, but I'm not cool if he disappoints my kids. I mean, I have to. He's God. But I understand that's a possibility. So I asked him a lot of questions. Why are you giving? You know, you don't have to do that. All you have to do is tithe. Give God 10%. But they're learning some crazy stuff in Journey Kids, like some awesome stuff. They're like, I know the 10% is my tithe, but this is my offering. This is where I go above and beyond my tithe. They're like going, teaching it. They're teaching me about generosity. And so I'm like, oh, awesome. And so I said, okay, well, what are you expecting back from it? Because if God doesn't do anything, you know, like tangible, I want you to be okay. They're like, oh, you know, we're not giving because of anything. We're just giving because we're so excited for what he's already done in our life. And we just want to say thank you. I'm like, stop ministering to me right now. <laughs> so I'm so excited. Guys, without, without exaggerating, lying, two days after they asked mom and dad to write the check for the money that was theirs, um, a family member reached out to us and said, hey, I just feel it in my heart like to buy them an Xbox. They had no idea that the kids wanted this. I feel in my heart to buy them an Xbox. And then that same day, Liz found one at Best Buy. And so without any planning, they gave their offering on Sunday. And the next Sunday, the new Xbox came in for them. And I want to tell you, I should have known better because there's never been a time in my life where, God has out, where I have outgiven God. I knew he was going to do that in, my life, in, my, in the lives of my kids, but I was a little scared, a little nervous. And, uh, and I share that with you because they were so excited because they got this new thing and they were pumped about this new thing. And I remember this look of newness and excitement because I remember seeing it the last time. I remember seeing it the last time when we got them the Nintendo Switch. 
When they got the Nintendo Switch, oh, they were so pumped because it was new. That's right. The same Nintendo Switch that is now buried in the back of a closet and will probably never see the light of day again because something new has come to replace what was once new, which is the problem with new, by the way. Nothing stays new forever. Nothing stays new forever. And if that's true, maybe it ought to change our pursuit of what's new and change our commitment to what's now. Because what's new does not last. Like, for example, eventually the excitement of new is replaced by the mediocrity of maintenance. Eventually. Uh, raise your hand if you want to be a first-time home, homeowner. You want to buy a home, right? A first-time home buyer. Yeah. Before you step into that purchase, <laughs> let me tell you some things about owning your own home. Before I owned a home, the grass was God's problem. <laughs> like if I ever walked past something and I thought that that could use some more grass, I was like, guess, do something about that, God. Like you're the one who sends the rain and all the other stuff that makes grass happen. But then I got a letter from the HOA that says that grass is my problem. And six to $8,000 later, it's still my problem, right? And, because, and, and, and I was excited about the house, but now everything that's new comes with new responsibility. So now the shininess kind of wears off. And getting into a new house isn't going to fix that problem because that new house is going to have issues too. The same can be said about having a baby. Having a baby is special, but changing a diaper stinks. <laughs> and having a new baby isn't going to fix that problem. Nobody has a baby, the baby poops, and you're like, oh, no. I need a new one. Somebody get me a new baby in here. I need a new baby. Let me get me a new baby. You don't do that because all babies poop. And you laugh, and you think, oh, that's so silly, Pastor JJ. But if we know that that's true with, with houses and babies, why do we try that with husbands and wives? I'm just saying, like, your husband's not perfect, your wife's not perfect. I get it. They poop sometimes. Sometimes I poop, too. But is the issue you have with the poopy things that they do, or do you have trouble with the maintenance of marriage? Because some things are just maintenance. Some things are just maintenance. Even your sexy, fun relationship doesn't stay new forever. That's the, expe- that's, that's the excitement of you. It fades. The mystery of new is replaced by the expectation of experience. The mystery of new is eventually going to be replaced by the expectation of experience. We had Disney passes for three years. My kids loved it. Then eventually we couldn't afford them anymore, so we got Universal Studios passes. That's like the budget theme park. We love you, Universal Studios, for making it possible for the rest of us to have fun who can't afford Disney. And so we went out there, and they loved it because it was new to them. Everything was mysterious and special and awesome, and they had just the best time until about six times going. Then guess where they wanted to go next? Disney. But a new park isn't going to change that because eventually you get used to the environment so the experience goes down. You know the same thing can happen to you in church? You come enough, enough times to hear, all of a sudden, you because when you first get saved and you first come to church, it's all mysterious, it's all new, but then eventually you catch on. Fast song, medium song, slow song. <laughs> Pastor JJ preaches, offering, go out and eat. And, and now, now you have created an average experience because you have enough times to create an average. And now the experience in church can never go beyond average because average has become your expectation of experience. So don't get, don't get trapped in that. Don't get trapped in that. And then finally, the hope of new is replaced by the settling of the same. Every year, people stay up late to December 31st for no reason whatsoever. I don't, do you remember being a kid the first time begging your parents to stay up late past midnight? And then you got to see the clock change and then 
nothing happened. I don't know what you and I were expecting, but it was something. We were expecting to feel different. We were expecting to grow chest hair. I know I was. Chest hair or like just to develop or something. It just didn't happen because a new year doesn't automatically mean a new you. If you go into a new year with the same habits, same you. You settle for same. I've got bad news for you. New is overrated. I've got good news for you, though. God has got a better plan for you than you. Let me introduce God's plan for you. It's better than you. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 through 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never stops. Oof. His mercies never come to an end. Here it comes. Lamentations 23. They are, say it with me, renewed every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Renewed. The reason why his mercies are renewed and not nude is because they were only new the first time I needed them. So on Sunday, I had some things in my life, some bad choices that I made that I needed God to forgive me from, and he forgave them from me on Sunday. But then when I woke up on Monday, guess what? I had, I had struggling with the same choices. Struggling with the same choices. Same, same problem. And I'm so grateful that even though it's the same me with the same struggle and the same choices, that when I make the same mistakes, God doesn't go looking for a new me. He doesn't say, oh, well, you've ruined the plan for your life. That's it. I guess I got to throw out JJ and find a new JJ, a new JJ that can lead this church. A new No, he works with every failure and mistake. Here's what I love. God doesn't go looking for a new me, but instead he renews me. Renewal is better than new. Because if you need a new thing in your life, then you're always going to need a new job, a new person, a new place, a new payroll, a new paycheck, new heights. But renewing says, I'm going to take broken things. I'm going to take a worn out thing. I'm going to take a run down thing, a thing that everyone else would throw away. And I'm going to renew it to its former glory. I'm so grateful that God renews me. And not just me, but he also renews the worn out, broken down, run down things of my life. There are three things in your life God wants to renew. Number one, God wants to renew your strength. How many people are tired here today? Some of y'all are so tired you can't even raise your hand. It's like, how many people are tired here today? You're like, it's a long week, man. I don't, clothes don't even match, bro. I'm just tired. Can I just tell you, it's not bad if you're tired. That means that you work. Congrats. You have responsibilities. What is bad, though, is when you get tired of being tired. It's not a tire that's on the outside. It's a tire that's on the inside. God wants to renew that in your life today. The, the strength, your inner strength, your inner passion. Isaiah 40, 30. Even youths, as Joe Pesci would say in My Cousin Vinny. Even youths. Nobody knows that reference, okay. <laughs> Grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who, say this word with me, for the Lord will renew, renew, renew their strength. How does God renew your strength? Anthony, I need you to help me out real quick, if you wouldn't mind. Come on, run up here. We're running out against the clock. Come on, give it up for Anthony. Anthony's a JLA student. Anthony is a pretty buff dude. I mean, look, he's got veins on the biceps. That's a big deal. You think this flower is blooming. It's not. It's him flexing. Um, he's so, it's a good dude. He works out. Okay, now uh, I need you to help me out. I want you to do as many pull-ups as you can on this thing. He did six in practice, so we're going to cheer him on for seven. We're going to count him out out loud. He's going to go one more than he did in practice today. All right, seven. You ready? All right, come on up there. Ready? Go. One, two, three, four, five, six. 
it. Come on, one more. Seven. <laughs> All right, good job. Now listen, he just did seven, and that's strong. It would be messed up if I called him weak for doing seven. Because you know how many pull-ups the average American can do? I researched it this morning. The average American can do 0.3 pull-ups. That means the average American is like, he. That's the average American. 0.3. That's all they got. Hey, it would be messed up to call him weak just because he got tired. This is so important because some of you think you're weak because you got tired. But being tired doesn't make you weak. You're tired because you spent your strength. There are people in life thinking, I, I should do more. I'm so weak. I can't believe I can't do this. I'm so weak. If I wasn't so weak, I could do that. Are you kidding me? It doesn't matter how strong you are. Everybody runs out of strength at some point. So stop beating yourself up for getting tired. That's what the verse is saying. Even youths get tired and grow weary. Everybody has a limit. Don't beat yourself up when you hit the limit of your emotional strength. Don't beat yourself up when you hit the limit of your physical strength. You're human being. Even youths happen. That happens to youths. Even even. even, even. Even then. So how does God renew strength? Come on, let's show the verse. Isaiah chapter 40, one more time. Even you grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who will wait for the Lord will renew your strength. I want you to burn out again, go as many as you can, but this time when you get tired, just hang on. Yeah, don't fall. Yeah, go, go. As many as you can, as many as you can, okay. As many as you can. Yeah, he's not going to go as far this time, guys. <laughs> All right. All right, he's good. All right, now Anthony, now Anthony, hang on. Here's the first step for God renewing your strength. When you get tired, hang on. Hang on. Because the verse said, those who wait. Okay, so there's a difference between getting tired and letting go. You can be tired and still hang on. You can be tired and still not let go because you're looking for what's new. People who let go are looking for what's new. <laughs> oh, you messed up the whole sermon. Um, I'm just kidding. He's human. His strength's going to run out at some point. But here's my point. Listen to me. It's very important you look at me. People who get tired and choose to let go are those who say, you know what? It's just too hard. I'm going to go look for the new. I'm going to go look for the new because this isn't working. And God's saying, don't be in such a rush to leave your situation. Wait for who? The Lord. All right, now, Anthony, I want you to hold on and I want you to hang. And this time, I want you to call out to me. When you say, Pastor, did you help? Now, hold on. The only reason he can call out to me is because he knows me. There was a time when I was in the gym and I didn't know nobody. And I was on the bench press and, y'all, the weight got too heavy and I let it crush me. <laughs> because to me, that was less embarrassing than going, help! <laughs> I was like, I would rather be crushed to death than be that guy in somebody's YouTube video, like on somebody's TikTok. Uh-uh, not that guy. I'd rather die. But then I met a friend in the gym. Cool dude. I preach about him sometimes. He's got tattoos all over his head. Nice guy. That's my buddy. Now when I need help, I go, hey, bro, can you help me? And he runs over and helps me, but only because he was in a relationship, only because I have a friend. Here's my question. Do you have a friend in Jesus? Do you have a friend in Jesus that you can? So, okay, go out there. Pastor JJ, Help! I'm here, buddy. I'm here. I got you. I got you. I got you. I got him. 
Now ready, now ready. Now I'm gonna renew his strength. Are you ready for me to renew his strength? Here I go. Go, Anthony, go. Okay, now wait now. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Pastor JJ, that's not fair. You're not renewing his strength. You're doing it for them. Oh, you, th- you just had a bad idea of what renewing strength means. When God renews your strength, write this down, God doesn't recharge your strength. He becomes your strength. That's different. That's different. That's different. Why does it mean that different? That means when God becomes your strength, you do things that you didn't have the strength to do. And so you're pregnant, your kid doesn't talk for a lot of years, all of a sudden you find out he's autistic, he's on the scale. And you go, I don't think I have the strength to raise an autistic child. But then, 20 years later, you look back and it wasn't, you don't even know how you did it. God did it for you. You got to file for bankruptcy, it's getting heavy. You got to file for bankruptcy, you have no idea how you were going to do it. Guess what? Because God became your strength in bankruptcy. Well, you didn't think you were going to make it another day? God made it go through another day. (laughs) Come on. Y'all, some of y'all think that that worship is like caffeine. Like God's presence is like he renews your strength. Like you, dear Jesus, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Nothing else. I'm ready to go. Oh, bro, can I tell you? I'm still tired. But it's amazing what I can get done while I'm tired because it's not me doing it. It's God doing it through me. They're saying there are things you're going to look back on. Yo, how did any of us get through 2020? I have no idea. But looking back at it now, I go, oh, there was somebody right there lifting me up and pulling me up and making sure I had the strength to raise my kids, the strength to pastor this church, the strength to preach a message, the strength. He wants to renew your strength. Here's the next thing he wants to do. He wants to renew your mind. He wants to renew your mind. Romans 12, 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I don't know if you know this, but pastors, when we become pastors, we're allowed to do certain things. Like I get special parking at hospitals. It's one thing. The other thing pastors can do is make up words. It's in the card. It says it. We're allowed to make up words. Isn't that right, Hector? It's in a preaching class. You're allowed to make up words. So, so, so I made up a word. I made up a word, and I'm allowed to. And I hope it ministers to you. The word is called thing-ing. 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 T-H-I-N-G-I-N-G. Thinking. Here's my point, and I'll explain it. Before you ask God for a new way of thinking, ask him for a new way of thinking. Let me explain thinking. Thinking is this. Here's the Webster's, JJ's definition. Thinking is when you go from thing to thing to thing looking for something. That's thinking. How many of y'all be thinking? From thing to thing to thing looking for something. But the thing is, the more you chase your thing, the less likely you are to catch it. But if you don't chase your thing, but if you change your thinking... All of a sudden, the thing that eluded you for so many years finds its way to you. See, if you want to give birth to something, when my wife got pregnant, we had to do the, the sonograms because we had to make sure the doctor said that the baby wasn't breech. You know what that means when the baby is breech? Sometimes it means that the baby's sideways. Most times it means that the feet are pointed towards the pelvis, which is very dangerous in birth because of what's called head entrapment. If the head comes out last, the baby can suffocate and die. 
And so they actually move the baby around in the belly or they have to do a C-section if the baby doesn't come out because human beings were designed to be born so when God wants to birth something new in your life, the way it's going to come out is head first. It's head first. You got to change the head first. When you change the head, then the rest of the body follows. So, because there are some things in your life God won't change. You know that, right? Like there are some people in your life God won't change. He can't change. Like you're not getting a new dad. It's not happening. He's not changing it. But you can change the way you think about your dad. So, so he was abusive and absent, but maybe that's where you get your resilience from. Maybe that's why nobody can beat you down because he couldn't beat you down. Maybe that's why you're so strong right now. Your money in your bank account isn't going to change overnight. Sorry. But you can change the way you think about money. Maybe money's not supposed to be just spent. Maybe it's supposed to be saved. Maybe it's not supposed to be just wasted. Maybe it's supposed to be invested. Maybe it's not supposed to just be hoarded. Maybe it's supposed to be given away generously. And then all of a sudden, when your connection to money dissipates and you don't need it as much, it's amazing how God floods your life with it once you don't need it anymore. Failure is not going to change. You're going to always fail. But you can change the way you think about failure. Maybe failure doesn't mean backwards. Maybe failure sometimes means forward. Maybe you can fail forward. Maybe every failure has a lesson. Every failure has some encouragement in it. Every failure is an opportunity to get better so you don't have to now worry about failing because you changed the, the way you think about failing. Now, thinking works both ways because God is the same God. Same grace, same mercy, same power, same strength, same awesomeness, same goodness. That's God. But if something happens in your life that makes you second guess who God is, that changes the way you think about God, now all of a sudden God is different in your life because you think differently about him, which is the last thing God wants to renew. He wants to renew your spirit. There's some people, you have been a Christian for a long time and your spirit has already been made new by the Holy Spirit, but you've been a Christian for such a long time, you don't need a new spirit, you need a renewed spirit. You used to be passionate about the things, and not... Look at Psalms 51.10. Here's the verse. This is my prayer for you. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit. Renew my spirit. Look at the next verse. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Here's, here's my prayer for you. Verse 12 is my prayer for everybody in this building, especially the veteran Christians. This is my prayer. Restore to me the joy of salvation. The joy of your salvation. Did you know that this Christian life is supposed to be joyful, not burdensome? Joyful, not awful? Joyful, not terrible? Joyful? Do you remember when coming to church used to bring you joy? Even David lost it. He says, bring it back, restore it to me. Renew the spirit. I want to get excited about the things of God again. I want to get excited about the Bible again. I want to get excited about worship again. Renew it in me. Renew my spirit. You know you have a spirit, don't you? Everybody in this room has a spirit. I know for those who are outside of the church realm, that word might not carry a lot of meaning, but your spirit is as real as your body and your mind. It will not show up on a pull-up test. It will not show up on an EKG. It will not show up on a brainwave scan. They got those, right, Jay? It will not show up on a brainwave scan, but you know it's real. You know how you know it's real? Because it was stirred at some point during the service today. And it didn't make sense, so it wasn't your mind. And you were kind of tired this morning, so it wasn't your body. What about it? 
what about you is being stirred up? Your spirit. You, 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 you know it because it gets stirred at a sunrise. You know why it gets stirred at a sunrise or a sunset? Because it's beautiful and God is beautiful. Uh, your spirit will be stirred at a wedding. You know why your spirit gets stirred at a wedding? Because God is love. And your spirit gets stirred at a funeral. You know why your spirit gets stirred at a funeral? Because you and I both know God is waiting. Your spirit is there. It's as real as your body and your mind. But there's only one way to fill it. And it, your life can be awesome. Your body and mind can be great. But if your spirit is empty, all your life feels like crap. And vice versa, your life could be terrible. You could have no job, be sitting in this service right now unemployed. But if your spirit is full, yes. it don't matter because life feels great. But here's the catch. Listen, people, people, and we know that, and we go searching for things. And my whole life and the whole history, throughout the whole history of humanity, people have been looking for new ways to fill an old spirit. New theologies, new philosophies, new ideologies, new drugs. I was watching something on Netflix the other day. They were popping mushrooms. There was a, what do they call them? The, the hallucinogenics. And one lady was sharing her experience, and she was like, it just feels so spiritual. And I go, yeah, I bet it does because that's the thing in your life you're looking to fill. But there is no new age or new wave answer to your old spirit, y'all. There's only one answer to fill that. And I don't care wh what new thing comes out. Listen, you know, you know why you crave water? Because your body is 60% water. So if you are spirit, the same way only water can replenish water, if you're spirit, then the only thing that can fill spirit is spirit. And the Bible tells us that God is spirit. And so when we connect with God, the aching in your soul for the first time in a lifetime is relieved. The thirst of your soul for the first time in a lifetime is quenched. The hunger of your soul for the first time in a lifetime is satisfied when spirit gets spirit. So how, how do I get renewed? I want to be renewed. Easy. Well, simple. Not easy because it requires you to take a step, but simple as come to Jesus. Jesus told the woman at the well, I'm the living water. Come to me and you'll never be thirsty again. But it's a well. I appreciate that you didn't say rain because rain will meet you where you are. But for the well to fill you, you got to get your bucket and go. You got to get your bucket and go. So he said, I got, I got limitless supply to fill your spirit. Will you be willing to get your bucket and go? Come to the river. Come to the water. Come to the well. So with every head bowed and eye closed, I want to give you an opportunity to be renewed today. I'm going to talk to two people, but first people I'm going to talk to today with every head bowed and every eye closed, you need Jesus in your life. Your spirit is empty and dry and you need to be filled today. If that's you, when I say three, don't you, oh my gosh, don't hesitate because this is between you and the Lord. Nobody's looking. Nobody, nobody here cares in a negative way. Everybody here is cheering for you. We hope to see your hand raised. We're going to celebrate with you. But if you're here in this room, when I count to three, I want you to raise your right hand as a single and a sign. I need God to renew me. I feel worn out, broken down. I feel empty. I need Jesus. Jesus is the only one who can fill it. No new age philosophy will do it. No drug will do it. I promise you. No amount of liquor will do it. No amount of sex will do it. Only his spirit. Spirit needs spirit. You're trying to put a circle in a, in a square pet, in a square hole. Then work. If you want spirit, if you want Jesus in your life, get ready to be filled. On the count of three, raise your right hand. I need Jesus in my life all over this building. One, 
two, three. Right now, shoot your right hand up to the sky. Come on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five. If you raise your hand, you can put it down. Worship team, I want you to pray with me. Church, I want you to pray with me. On three, I want to pray this prayer together. Everyone pray this prayer. On three, one, two, three. Father God, I'm empty and I'm dry. And today, I come to Jesus to be renewed. Take my past. Take my poor decisions. I'm coming back to my first love. Forgive me. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Come on, give it up for all those who made a decision. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.